Hi, I'm Nikki Halliwell, and this is SEO in 2023. Nikki, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? What I've seen is that there's a really significant opportunity to capitalise on keywords that have high number of impressions in Google Search Console, but a low number of clicks in comparison to that. And what I've seen is a lot of people actually talking about this on SEO Twitter and and WordPress and those similar sort of communities. And it's really interesting that I've seen on the back of that as well that someone's created a tool called Query Hunter and this helps to do exactly that. And as a result, you can improve your rankings. It works really well and because it is geared more towards WordPress sites, but it can, there's, there's ways around it that I'll talk about in a second that you can use on non-WordPress sites. But with, with WordPress sites specifically, it's a plugin that you can download and it allows you to see your search console data within each post as, as you're editing them. You can see keywords, as I say, that get a lot of impressions but very little clicks. And off the back of that, we can see the posts nice and easy, uh, nice and like up front that have the potential to bring in a lot of traffic. We, we already know that they're being seen in search because the number of impressions that they have. So what we can deduce from that is they're not quite fulfilling perhaps the, the query's intent because they do have so few clicks in comparison. So we can look at the opportunities within that content and see whether we need to perhaps write a new post around that keyword or those select keywords or perhaps cover them more thoroughly in in a separate post. What you can do also within this same tool or manually within Search Console yourself is look at the keywords for those posts that are actually ranking in positions like 3 to 11. And that is really useful. And I think it's going to continue to be useful throughout 2023 and beyond because they're already doing well, posts like that. You know, they're they're on the first page of, of SERPs. But what we can then do is look at what keywords or what pages are actually above you in positions one and two there. And for, in some cases, it can be as simple as ensuring that you've mentioned the keyword enough times in the content. Or we can go a little bit deeper and see keywords that have actually not been mentioned in, in the content. That's a big opportunity because it essentially means that you're already ranking for those keywords and getting impressions for those keywords without actually mentioning them in, in your content. So again, that's that's a really powerful opportunity and just look for natural ways that we can integrate the keywords into the content to facilitate that boost in rankings. Now, I've been looking at this, as I said, with uh, my own clients with and without this tool. And you can do it again, as I said, manually, like looking in Search Console at, at a page level. And yeah, it, it is more time consuming and it involves a fair amount of, of searching and sorting the data, but it's it's certainly useful. One of the things I would like to do to, to help with this, I think, is like look at ways to set up a um, data studio dashboard that pulls the data in. And that would make it easier to, to roll out to other websites. But it's, uh, you know, I've been able to do it on Magento websites that have blog content using this more manual method. So it's certainly not something that's just WordPress specific. So lots of amazing tips there, actually. I loved your tip focusing in on keywords that um, you were ranking for, but you didn't actually include within the article there. And that that could be a quick win. Similar quick win to perhaps um, building additional internal links to that piece as well. So great piece of advice there as well. So what similarities in general are you noticing at the moment between articles that are performing well and pages on your site that aren't performing so well for Google? It just seems to be like the frequency of keywords always helps, but 
exactly that. It's uh, internal links that I've actually seen that have made the the most difference when I've been been running this exercise and just making sure that the keywords are going from this content to the main money pages with the appropriate anchor text. I think that's something that's often missed and it's something that I've been working on with my clients and making sure there's no generic anchor text, you know, with click here and, and all that sort of stuff and updating that to be these target keywords that we've seen can can be improved a little bit and using that as the anchor text to, to drive to the money pages as long as obviously it's in a natural way and makes sense and obviously we want to avoid anything that's even slightly spammy but if it, if it doesn't make sense to do it then I'm not going to add the internal links or, or make any changes I'll always look objectively and make sure that it is actually going to be be helpful for the users. And you're also a form of creating long form content so how long is long form? I try to stay away from word count it's not something that I think about really when I'm either writing the content myself or working with uh, copywriters to do that what I try and do to approach it is what's going to answer the the query in the best way if it's a simple question like how many legs does a horse have is, is a common one that I see going around at the minute then I don't need a thousand words to say that the answer is four legs or you know whatever the question is so I'm, I'll look at other pieces of content that are ranking and see how well they're, they're answering the content or how not well they're answering the, the content if, if that is the case and look how we can do that better and provide that added value but I don't always look to be like okay so to rank number one on this we need 2,000 words because that's not what's actually going to be helpful to the user and to our target audience if actually you know just writing 500 words on the piece of content that succinctly answers the question and actually provides value and gives our target audience what they're looking for, then that's completely fine. Now, something else that I've heard you saying is the importance of delivering in-depth answers. So obviously that could be a very simple one-word answer almost, but are you just providing in-depth answers thinking about the users in mind, or do you ever think about search engines in mind when you're writing? I do and I don't. I try not to fall into the trap of creating SEO content just for the sake of SEO content just because Google's not my target audience. Obviously Google is the tool that we're using and the same with with other search engines to be able to get out there and to reach them people but I've had more success in thinking about the users and just writing for them and I think that that's the way hopefully much more people and more of the copywriters that I'm working with are also approaching it. Yeah, that, that, that tells a story in itself. You know, you saying, I've had more success in thinking about the users, i.e. I guess that means higher rankings and more traffic. Yeah, exactly that. And again, going back to what we were saying with like the internal links and stuff and having these these detailed answers that get straight to the point, if, if that's what the query deserves, we can then use the internal links again to, to drive that traffic and that attention towards our money pages or, you know, towards our call to actions or whatever it is that that the business is, whether it's you know service-based or, or e-commerce focused, whatever. But yeah, that's the way we, we try and approach it. So we've been talking about in-depth answers. What about the questions? How, how do you go about selecting which questions to answer? I do it a few different ways. So we'll do like initial keyword research, especially if it's like a new client, and that'll give us like all of the broad terms that people are looking for. But what I've actually started doing more recently, and it's something that I'm definitely going to be rolling out more throughout 2023 and, and beyond 
is I look at Reddit as well and looking at sites like Quora, but actually using the internal search features um, of these websites as well as the the reviews that people are actually leaving for these you know these businesses that I'm working on, whether that's reviews on like Trustpilot or Google My Business, whatever the case may be, and actually looking at the language that they're using in their reviews because that can inform the questions that, that we then answer in the language that we use in them. Rather than using like internal jargon, the terms that the business uses to refer to their products, perhaps that's not quite the same language that the audience is, is using. So I look at all of this information and that informs the language that we use and, and the questions that, that we answer. There's an example of that that I had with a client of mine that does like plastic containers and packaging and all that sorts of things and they sell their lids separately and what they call them internally are closures and that's what the the manufacturer calls them as well is, is closures but actually the customer calls them lids they, they want plastic bottle lids so that's what they search for so that's what we we did and you know we were able to to restructure the site and change the way that the language is, is used throughout the site to reflect that. And very quickly after the, the, the content was indexed, were we able to, was, was re-indexed, were we able to see the, the change that that made in, in traffic and the increase in conversions again that, that they had as a result. So just using the, the data that's, that's already available. And I think that that's something that not everyone looks at and they don't think to look at internal search results that way. With, with that example, people were searching lids in their um magento search features on there and that's how we found that so we were able to to position the content in that way as a result yeah i love it internal search can can be a gold mine yeah. but of course uh, a lot of websites don't necessarily have that or have access to that and your suggestions of reddit and quora are superb as well i think that those are great places to check out what about people also ask on google is that something that you check out as well yeah, definitely. I use that as well for informing header choices on, on content. So yeah, you know, we can look for, for ideas on, on Reddit and Quora and like the, the business reviews, as I mentioned. But yeah, just searching as well for that topic on, on Google, look at the, the people also ask. And yeah, I, I do tend to pick those out as, as the headings and then we'll, of course, answer answer that question in those headings and then mark it up with, with the relevant schema if, if that makes sense to do so as well. Is it a better use of your time to answer new questions and create new content or update answers to questions that already exist in your site? Is it a better use of time? I would look at the detail that's been answered in, in those existing questions. You know, is it just like a quick yes or no that's been answered there, but the competitors have actually gone more in depth with, with the existing answers? If that's the case and the the client hasn't really gone into detail but the competitors have then that is something that I would look at because I wouldn't want to perhaps increase the the likelihood that users are getting the answers that they're looking for on the competitor sites so I would I would look at that first but if they are actually quite well answered on on the sites already then yeah I would I would look for for new questions and, and look at ways that we can solve problems for the clients that other people aren't. So I'd, I'd do both in in essence, but I'd see what's been done and what what poses the, the biggest opportunity. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of, of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? Yeah, I think for this one, it's the over-reliance on 
AI generated content. Don't get me wrong, like I use tools like this myself. Um, I certainly have in the past and I don't think that's going to change for like short form, like quick answers or I'll use it to, to get me started on, on a question uh, if I need to for like my own niche websites and then I'll write it manually myself. But I think there's other websites that have had an over-reliance on this AI generated content and just been guilty of almost creating content for, for content's sake rather than thinking strategically about this, how it ties into the overall strategy and again comes back to the question of providing value to, to customers and users. I do think that's always been the case that you know AI um, hasn't answered questions fully, but I think that became more true when Google rolled out the, the helpful content update. It's interesting to see how that impacted content, but I think ultimately don't rely on it would would be my tip on that and you know don't create content for for content sake as i said you know just focus on providing value that's genuinely useful solves problems and that will be the best way to to continue to have success like i said you know ai content and does does have its place but yeah just using it sparingly and in moderation Nikki Halliwell is a tech SEO consultant and you can find her over at NikkiHalliwell.com. Nikki, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you very much. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at SEOin2023.com. 